good morning. You've got more than money, and we do wish that for you every single Saturday morning. And eh, to be fair, we wish that for you every single day of your life. May the good Lord be with you every road you road. So if, uh, how would you describe the weather this morning? Is that a heavy mist? Is that a no? There's no mist there's right no now. There's no mist. Okay. Right. Last okay. night was max max mist. It was uh, the highest you could go on the mist scale and still be mist, but not rain. Yes. Okay. Wow. There's so much to be learned here <laughs> it's on about Mo- the diameter of each raindrop. Wow. And the velocity from the sky from which it's falling. Who knew? Who knew? This is this is riveting. I'm a meteorologist. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm impressed you could get it out the f- meteorologist. I wow, I'm impressed I got it out the first time. It is early. <laughs> it is. God bless us both. Good morning. You've got more than money. You have your host Alyssa Young. You've got Gene Dickinson flying wing. You've got John Elliott on the phones. You've got Bobby Gunther Walsh around the corner, annoying us as best he can. <laughs> Called me immature. How dare he? I know. If he doesn't call me like. Very immature. I'm a little. I mean, I'm not just <laughs> immature. Mm-mm. I'm at the. I'm at the max level <laughs> that you. <laughs> the max immaturity you can be without being foolish. A yeah, fo- oh, a fool, perfect! Without a, being a fool. A total fool. That's right. Exactly right. Because <laughs> I am not. I am no one's fool. <laughs> that should be a movie quote of some kind. Uh, my daughter Megan is watching as many quote-unquote classic movies as she can so that she can start absorbing all the obscure movie references. That happened in our office? That happened in our office and in her life. Like oh. she, she just watched uh, um, Pulp Fiction for the, uh, for the phrase, that looks like a tasty burger. And, and say what one more time. If you haven't seen it, it means nothing. But Airplane is on her list, and there's just a whole bunch mm-hmm. of them. That's uh, Apparently, she wants to get her classical education. She's studying. She's studying. <laughs> she wants to get up to snuff. Speaking of snuff, <laughs> world's worst segue. The first of many <clears throat> in the next two hours. <laughs> buckle in. Buckle in. That's why they gave you that lap belt. Anyway. Uh, if you would like to join us, we've developed three different ways. You may use any or all of those, but we insist that you use those because you are the reason we are the most relevant financial show on radio today. Absolutely no question. We get up at dark 30. We come through the, um, the heavy mist, <laughs> and uh, we arrive here live and chipper, immature, but chipper. Well, I got the immature, and Alyssa's got the chipper, <laughs> so we've got those all covered. Uh, in order to answer your questions, what's most important to you, what uh, topics are of value to you. So that's how we measure most relevant. We lay that claim and challenge anybody to dispute it. I think they will fail. So uh, 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900. Talk to the lovely and talented John Elliott. You talk to Alyssa, and then I chirp in and just annoy people. So you can have your questions asked and answered that way. It's very traditional. It's very easy. It's very interactive because you may ask a question, and we may have questions of you so that our answers are more specific to you. It's always about you. It's always about serving you and your best interest. If you have a question that you'd like to maybe a little more detail, or maybe you're in a position, gosh, I'm at work. I can't really talk on the phone. Shoot us an email. 
I said, shoot us an email. No comma in there. Shoot us. Okay. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. And finally, if you would like to follow us through the Miracles of Modern Technology, uh, right from your uh, internet access, uh, all you need to do is go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoney, T-H-A-N, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the Listen Live button. You've got the entire show brought to you through iHeartMedia. And if you're Uh, Wherever you have internet, coast to coast, border to border, you've got all of that available to you. And if you have a question during the show, you hit the Ask Gene button. It comes directly to us. Happy to answer your questions. We're here until 10 o'clock. And that is, again, making us the most relevant show on radio today. We're not putting our show in the can. We let our competitors put their shows in their cans. But what? What? He's so immature. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Quick update: um, Nazareth football. Yes. Did uh, they 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 hung tough last night? Yeah, it was a close game, by no means a blowout. Um, but Nazareth beat Central Catholic fourteen to seven. Where were they playing? At Nazareth. At Nazareth. Mm-hmm. So. Ooh. 14-7 on their own home field. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah, it it was weird. Uh, both well, teams, heavy missed. The heavy right missed. Yeah, no, the weather was not good. Actually, yeah. uh, it definitely hurt quarterback's ability to throw the ball, uh, the punter's ability to punt the ball. It was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of sloppy. Yeah, a lot of sloppy stuff. Sloppy. Um, I saw Falzo, Coach Falzone um, tell a reporter after the game that uh, they had a lot of, you know, penalties. We I only saw the second half. Um, but he was saying they had a lot of penalties they need to clean up. But it's some big plays, um, some you know good stuff. And hey, they, they, a win's a win. Um, oh yes, I had a spoken. I had spoken to Coach Falzone earlier in the week. I saw him at the stadium when I picked up Juliana from uh, her cross country meet on Wednesday, and uh, he was nervous about this game. He he was remembering how tough the first half of the Central Catholic game was last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember how anxious I felt during that game. Mm-hmm. When my son was on the field, I had a little more, um, you know, emotional, uh, you know, connection to it. So it was, I was pretty worked up. Um, but he was right. That was a tough game last year. And he ex- expected the same this year. And um, they won both both years, but not by as much <laughs> yesterday as they did last year. So I'm happy for them. Um, they have an away game next week. And then I think three home games in a row to end the season. The regular season, wow. yeah. Um, we have um, uh, Allentown Central um, connection in the office. Mm-hmm. So uh, for Connie, listening in. Condolences. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, kicking field goals in the heavy mist, uh, that can't be fun. No, I don't, I don't think happen. there were any missed, anything, at least not while I was there. There wasn't anything missed field goals or anything like that. But Was that missed? Missed, missed. I see how you did yeah. that. It was missed in the mist. I've got to say, um, my daughter, you know, is in high school now, and she was a proud sister of football player up until this year. She's been at every game, and she's in the student section. 
She's they they always dress in like themes. She goes all out like with the theme. She's every year she's every week she's matched up like so it was a blackout game last night. She was wearing all black in the stands with the fourth row of the student section. She's loving it. It's pretty cute. So she's having a good time. It's wonderful when that all comes together. It's a great time. Um the um gosh, foundation that it lays for for the future mm. for hey i can enjoy this andrew's at westchester hey i can enjoy this hey go out and, and get a great job with a great company hey i can enjoy this mm. you gotta you've got to reach for that you've got to be willing to do that um gosh a thousand years ago in high school everyone everyone went to every game and that's not the way it is anymore mm. and that's kind of a shame yeah because they're they're not hurting anybody else but themselves yeah it's they're having fun i love to see the bond last Uh, night it struck me when the cheerleaders every game home game they go in front of the student section and there they play music and they dance around and the kids in the student section are cheering with along with them and then the drummers from the band come over and i i noticed it last night i'm like look we've got the kids the athletes on the field who are playing the musicians the Mm. cheerleaders the students who are there supporting them and they're all like together Mm. in one thing and it is it was pretty cool yeah they will look back on that uh forever yeah forever fantastic 610-720-7900 our first call coming in so that's fantastic icebreaker call nice that is nice goodness gracious um, and of course, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com, Jean at askmtm.com as, uh, well, I've got a fistful of emails. I've got just a couple of comments. Theoretically, the government shuts down at midnight tonight. Mm-hmm. Be, be still my heart. <laughs> I'm just so excited. I hope they don't screw this up <laughs> so and settle excited. it. Oh my gosh. Oh, it boy. is just... I put this in the same category as uh, Texas governor uh, shipping uh, Im- uh, migrants, immigrants, illegal aliens to New York and everywhere else. Hey, maybe you should feel what it's like mm. instead of one or two states having to put up with hundreds of thousands of people. Now, all of a sudden, share it. Oh, New York is squealing like a stuck pig. It is really, really interesting. So. Maybe if the federal government workers start to understand what the rest of us are going through with high inflation, higher gas prices, higher everything, hey, maybe if you can't make a few payments, maybe you'll start putting some heat on the people who are in charge. I hope that it works that way. Me too. Mm-hmm. 610-720-7900. We have our first call. Yes, we're going to go to the phones and welcome Ron to the show. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Good morning to everybody there. I. I'm so confused over these advertisements I hear in the television about gold. So I need to answer. I hope you know something. I'm sure you do, but I'm, I need some answers to clean or clear my mind. I'm just confused. Anyway, over the last 30 years, I, when I was working, I, I retired. But I invested in some things that were stock market. And I think I did well. And uh, considering now it's there. I invested three thousand dollars and wound up with uh, over a hundred thousand dollars, and yeah, it's still going. I'd say you did well there, Ron. <laughs> yeah, but I'm confused about these people that keep calling about gold. Want me gold? So I keep he- hearing this guy say, "Oh, the gold will be worth seventeen thousand dollars." Well, what, seventeen thousand dollars? How much gold do you get for seventeen thousand? A gram? Uh, a, a, an ounce? A pound? 
pound? I don't know. Nobody tells me. Mm-hmm. Ron, it's it's uh, perfectly uh, understandable that you would be confused by these claims uh, because these claims are being made by salespeople who have no uh, legal responsibility to tell you the truth. So they can say anything they want and they have no repercussions. And if they end up being absolutely false, so that they're okay, they're not legally bound to tell you the truth. As opposed to a financial advisor, a registered investment advisor like Alyssa, like Gene, like our entire team, who are fiduciaries, we are legally required to tell you the truth as best we know it and act in your best interest. The only thing that they're required to do is sell as much of their junk as they possibly can, which is why you hear advertisements for gold. You see advertisements for gold on the financial shows about every five minutes because they're making so much money. They are convincing so many people with scare tactics that they are making money, millions and millions of dollars, so they can afford to spend millions and millions more on these scare tactic advertisements. Uh, You did very, very well in the stocks. Uh, If you had had the same amount of money in gold, you would have gone up, but modestly. And if you had the same amount of money in gold five years ago, you would have made nothing. Oh, boy. So uh, at least I'm, I'm, I'm glad that to tell me that because I kept thinking, what am I what are you talking about? They keep talking about gold, 17,000. Yeah, but how much gold mm. do you get for that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, if they give you like 30 pounds, I think you'd be okay. But the reality <laughs> is it doesn't matter. They will say anything that will get you to write a check and buy something from them. They have no legal responsibility to tell you the truth at all. And I've been making fun of one particular company who ran and still runs an advertisement that refers to an event that's very scary coming up on August 22nd. The fact that we're a month past that doesn't stop them from running the same ads, same scare tactics. Ron, you've done well by not using gold. I think you can do very well in the future uh, without using gold either. Well, and I'm going to stay with what I got because I I took these I took the the uh, well I invested but with the company that I was working with when I was still working and uh, it has it, anyway I've been earning over three thousand dollars every year with them uh-huh. so they keep the stock keeps going up I don't Fantastic. know how they do it but they do it and I'm glad <laughs> God bless you sir thank you so much for your call thank you you too. One of the questions that we get very often is uh, how can they afford um, to spend so much money on ads? Mm. And in virtually every case, the companies that are spending all this money are selling you gold or silver coins. And the markup in terms of coins can be astronomical. If you're selling or buying gold in terms of just what's referred to as the spot price, let's use $2,000 an ounce as an example, you went to a reputable dealer, you say, I'd like to buy an ounce worth of gold, whether it's a one ounce gold coin or a one ounce uh, bullion, which I would never recommend, but we'll use a one ounce gold coin as an example. They would give it to you at what's called spot plus one. Typically, they get 1% 
differential. So if you want to sell it to them, they will subtract 1%. If they are selling it to you, they will add 1%. So a $2,000 investment in a one-ounce gold coin would cost you $2,020. What these companies that are advertising nonstop and fibbing as much as they wish uh, are selling are coins that perhaps they paid $400 for. They're selling them to you for $2,000. If they spend an additional $600 on marketing, and they probably will, they are still making $1,000 per sale. Wow. So half of what they're selling you is profit. Now, if you wanted to turn around and resell that coin, they bought it for $400. They sold it to you for $2,000 because you had no real knowledge of what it was or wasn't worth, and you wanted to sell it to somebody who does know, what are you going to be able to sell it for? Uh, 400 400 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So unless the uh, gold prices go up two and a half, 250%, you, you lose money. Mm-hmm. So what they're counting on is that you're going to be scared enough that you buy the coins, put them in your safety deposit box or some other less safe place because lots of people do, goofies, uh, and then forget about them for 10 years and then they will be long gone. Hmm. 610-720-7900. Back to the phones. All right. We're going to speak with Philip. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, guys. Uh, One question I've I've been concerned about, uh, government going digital and us going to a cashless society. What what are your opinions on that? Is it something to worry about or does that be voted on? It's something to be very much worried about. It's something that they will try. They will absolutely try to implement without it being voted on, without any congressional approval. They will try to do it through um, an executive order. Uh, The idea is uh, sadly, dreadfully simple and draconian and, and almost Orwellian, just terrifying uh, they are looking for you to turn in all of your cash. And these folks who are selling gold and silver uh, keep saying it's an alternative to digital. I guarantee you that if the government is successful at, at creating digital currency, they will also require you to turn in your gold and silver. So it is an opportunity for the government to be monitoring every penny that you spend, every dollar that goes into your account, every dollar that goes out. And if they decide, they can turn off your wallet. So you and I have our privacy. You and I have our freedom. You and I have the opportunity to do with our cash whatever we wish. Uh, And if it is a digital currency event, that will all go away. So we have no... We have not yet seen uh, a uh, an action on the part of the current administration or their minions uh, to put digital currency into play. We have heard lots of rumors, lots of things going through uh, the kind of the rumor mill, uh, but nothing official yet. When it becomes official, we all have to gear up. We all have to join the fight and make sure uh, that we uh, prevent this in taking whatever means necessary. So what can we do to prepare? 
Yeah, right now uh, there's there there's nothing to fight back against because there's no formal proposal. You have to, if you are so inclined, let your senators and and Congress people know that if this comes up for a proposal, that you want them to go four square against it. Sadly, in the state of Pennsylvania, and particularly if you're local, you've got um, two senators and a local congresswoman who will absolutely support digital currency. So that already tells you how bad it is. If those three people are in favor of it, then you absolutely know it's wrong for us. So as I learn more about how we're going to fight this, I will make sure that we're sharing it every week on the air. One quick point. Uh, We're talking about gold. I got a notice the other day from my bank. They're changing the safety deposit rules where you can't have a safety deposit box uh, with heavy materials in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very I'm common. Wondering, I wonder if that has anything to do with the uh, gold bar Bob situation. Oh, it may very well be, and, and I'm sure that that's uh, at least part of the motivation. But the other part of the motivation is that, uh, to, to be blunt, uh, banks that used to offer um, safety deposit box services, every single bank, many do not now. The, uh, the the security required and the, the floor space requirements are very expensive. And I think they're trying to discourage people in general from using those. Of course, Gunther has a number of, uh, of uh, sponsors, including some companies that sell some very appropriate safes. So you may want to uh, to shift from uh, safety deposit to safes. Sir, okay, thank you well, so, so very much for your call. Oh, thank you. Yeah, God Take bless. Care. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Right back to the phones. Yes, this is. A, we're on a hot streak here. We're going to thank Jane for calling. Good morning, Jane. Hello. How can we help you this morning? Okay, uh, my husband is retired. He has a part-time job, and he has to take some RMD out. And I was wondering if we could put that money, some of that money, into a Roth IRA. Uh, and if we'd have to, it'd be the same fund in the Roth IRA as, as his other fund. Uh, would we have to wait a while? Oh, okay. So your question is, can you move the investment from? No, her question is, he has to take RMDs right. from his regular IRA, mm-hmm. but he's also working part-time. Mm-hmm. Can he take some of his RMD money? Mm-hmm put that into a Roth IRA based on his part-time earnings? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yep, you still and have to pay tax on the distribution sure. from the IRA, yeah. but you are allowed he is allowed to contribute to the Roth um up to $7500 a year or his earnings whichever is lower. Yeah. Okay. And must must he wait a while to do that like put nope. in the money market in between or nope. No. 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 You can do okay. it uh, uh, once the money comes out and is taxable. The IRS has no concern about what you do with it, including contributing it to a Roth IRA if you qualify. It sounds like okay. he qualifies. Sounds like a great idea. Okay. I, the reason I ask, uh, I know if I'm, we're with Vanguard, and I know they had a thing about putting money into the same fund. Uh, you have to wait a while. Oh, now, when you say the same fund, if you're thinking about putting it into the same account, that no, is... No, not the same account. No, it would be a Roth instead oh, of a... Exactly. No, you can absolutely... If the, Let's say you like the, the Wellington fund and you have it in your standard IRA. Can you also have it in your Roth? Of course. 
Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Oh, All right, you. thank you very much. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Excellent question. Yeah. And good for him. Yeah, good that's for him. great. This whole retirement thing. <laughs> no, it's largely overrated, and it's and and the folks we see, and you see a lot of very successfully retired people. Mm-hmm. We we as as a group, as the MTM World Headquarters, we see tons of successful retirement people. They are not sitting in their Barco lounger, popping the snap top on a Budweiser. <laughs> it's particularly not a Budweiser because now we don't drink Bud in any Miller way, Light. shape, or form. Miller's okay, or anything else. Jeez, <laughs> there's there's it just Yes. But bottom line is they're active. They may not be getting paid like this gentleman is. Lots of folks are. Lots of folks are doing part-time jobs and loving it. Mm -hmm. But they're serving. They're out. They're active. They're serving their families, perhaps. They're helping out with their families. Um, They're serving their churches, nonprofits. They're active. They're they're, uh, volunteering. They feel like they have a purpose. Um, As they do. As they do. We all do. It's important. At 100%. And gosh. A reason to get up in the morning, shave and shower. Well, not the ladies. I mean, I guess they do too. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they could shave. I mean, if they wish. Sorry, I've, I've stumbled into a conversation. <laughs> I, I'm trying desperately to back out of. Get up in the morning, get yourself ready, not hang around the house, not kind of ease your way out mid-afternoon and go see if maybe there's a special for the early bird over at the diner. No, gosh, I've been up since six. Because we went over and we helped and we're helping other people. That's fantastic. If you do that, happy, healthy, 100. That's right. Somebody told me long ago. Oh. Well, there's an echo in here. (laughs) 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Your emails, your questions after this on More Than Money. to turn that song that is one of my favorite songs of all time unbelievable Uh, tremendous uh, musicians tremendous it's the eagles right oh my goodness no and it's not abba either who is it it's crosby stills now oh sorry no that's okay it's good music but i didn't know Uh, southern cross okay fantastic fantastic sounded kind of like the eagles (laughs) like just the type of sound to me Eagles um, fans all over the world right now are going. What? I mean, I like the Eagles. Oh I, no, I don't, they're fantastic. Yeah, I'm we, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not that. I'm not old enough to know better. <gasps> <laughs> oh. oh, 
Oh my. We have a caller. <laughs> oh my. Wow. That is, but it's uh, true. It's true. It's true that you're not old enough? Yep. Yeah, because the Eagles uh, stopped playing, what, 50 years ago? Oh, no. What, what, they just came through like a year ago, and they were in the PPL center. Actually, Diane, if that is her real name, and I saw them, one of the very last concerts they did before they lost Glenn Fry. Mm-hmm. And then we saw them again in Philly, one of the first concerts they did afterwards where uh, Vince Gill Oh, them. really? Oh, oh cool. Incredible. I didn't know that. No, I'm and sure I, I did enjoy it. Like, their music is good. Oh, their music is incredible. I just didn't know that particular No, song. that's her. Come on. You can't know everything. Like, I barely I, know Dre Dog or I know. Dr. Snoop. I know. No, like, just... if John starts playing, you know, today's hits, I've got, I've, I'm on it. I am a big <laughs> fan of Lady Swift. And <laughs> Taylor Gaga is Your so yeah. good. Yeah. I would uh, okay. front row center for Taylor Gaga. I really would. I think she's tremendously talented. He, she, it. Uh, I think oh whatever. Okay. I don't want to be. I want to be as as woke as I possibly can be, because well, <sighs> actually as possibly as I can be. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We Speaking go to the of phones. Woke, let's wake things up here. <laughs> um, we're going to welcome Ed to the show. Good morning, Ed. How can we serve you this morning? Hi, good morning. Maybe you were thinking of the seagulls in the video, Doug. Nice. Oh, see, thank you. Yes, yes. I just got my birds mixed up. Back thank you, Ed. The seagulls flock of seagulls. Come on, perfect. Yeah, David Crosby's head. Yeah. Thanks for the bailout. How can yeah, we help yeah. you? You're forgiven. Yeah. So I was. I was. It's ironic. I was on my way to work. I'm 69, retired. I had a little part-time job uh, once a week. So you, you know, you hit the nail on the head of the yeah. boomers not sitting around. Um, but what I was thinking of is I did it. My dad passed uh, a couple years ago and I got an inherited IRA I'm sitting on. And that question from your previous call, I thought was excellent. And as I've been mulling what to do, I've got eight years to liquidate it. And I really want to, would like to pass it on to my kids, <clears throat> but there's really nothing in the code that I'm aware of, but it, I never even thought of just transferring it to a Roth. And um, I'm not really sure how much I what's the max I can take. I don't know if I have to do it in increments or what, but I certainly could convert it to Roth. And for other listeners, I would thought maybe you could expound on why would I do that? You know, what yeah. are the benefits? Sure. You know, for me, it would be my ability to pass, I believe, a Roth on to my kids. I don't know if there's such thing as an inherited Roth. Yeah. Maybe you could answer that. And just maybe you can come up with some other reasons of why why I would want to do that. Um, there's probably a lot of baby boomers sitting on inherited IRA. Yeah. Previous, previous generations. So that was a great question. It, it, it is a great question. There are a couple of strategies that you can use with an inherited IRA when you're also working. So um, to start, yes, you do need to empty the account within the 10 years. Uh, you have to pay tax on the money as it comes out. Um this year, the IRS has waived the requirement that you take at least a minimum amount in RMD out every year, along with the rule of emptying it within 10 years. But it, you do have to take some every year um, between now and the end of that 10-year time period. But how much you take, how, how you spread it out is you know pretty flexible. So since you're working part-time, you have earnings, you are eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA. The lim- you can think of Yep, never even thought of that. Yeah, it's great because the the first of all, the limit on how much you can contribute is seventy five hundred dollars this year, 
and you have until April, the tax filing deadline in April, actually, to make your 2023 contribution. But if you're earning less than 7500 your earnings are your, your limit. So if you're only making 3000 you can only put in 3000 Can I jump yeah. in for just a second? Yes, sir. One thing that we didn't discuss previously on the previous caller that, that might be even might be useful is that uh, let's say that 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 Ed is making fifteen thousand a year. I'm mm-hmm. just picking a number. He is I, allowed to do a contribution to his Roth and a spousal Roth. So even if his wow. wife is not working, yes. he could do fifteen thousand dollars into a Roth. Great point. If he has enough uh, part-time income. Yeah, that's yeah. a great that's a great point because yeah. especially if your goal is to leave that to children, if you're married and, and your earnings meet that qualification, you could both have a Roth, do the max in both, and then you're yeah. leaving more to your kids. So, well, my wife would just blow it, so that's a that's a non-starter. <laughs> well, that's why you should p- put it in the rush and and then tell her don't tell her it exists. Okay, <laughs> no more kidding. <laughs> you can't do that. So okay, Nailed it. so um. Okay, so why would you do that as far as your kids? Yes, your kids can inherit a Roth. And there's a couple of reasons this is it's beneficial to make your contributions that way. One is that you aren't required to take the money out of the Roth in your lifetime. So whatever you put in um, while you're still working can stay there and it can grow and it's growing tax free. So that balance is going to keep going up until you pass the kids will then inherit it. An inherited Roth does have the same rule as an inherited IRA and in that it has to be emptied within 10 years, but it's tax-free to them. It's income yeah, tax-free. I'm not, about two I'm not worrying about two and three generations beyond. You know, I'm, not, I'm just worried about my kids. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, your kids would inherit it. They would have to empty that within 10 years, but they, the money they take out will have no income tax. So that's a, that's a benefit. Now, there's one other thing that you could do too if if you need help with your income taxes now um when you have an inherited ira and you're working if you're eligible to contribute to a 401k you can increase your 401k contributions by as much as you take out of the inherited ira and sort of balance out um your income tax liability balance out yeah. your income and sort of transition the money from an account that has to be emptied in 10 years to an account that can last your lifetime. Um, so that's another idea if you're contributing to a 401k or have that option. But I really like the Roth for your goal of what could you leave your kids? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, great. I hope it helped a lot of people out there. Thank you for the call, Ed. We appreciate hey, it. Guys, take it easy. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless. Interesting, interesting, interesting strategies. Strategies. Um, we we uh, had. I had a conversation uh, this week with an individual who is not a client of of uh, MTMs, and uh, but listens to, uh, or I should say, watches our PBS show, and is very. Um, uh, he was curious. Uh, he guesstimated that. Basically, one out of 10 of the questions that we answer is about a specific investment. Is this annuity correct? Is this uh, mutual fund correct? Is this exchange-traded fund correct? Is a structured note correct, et cetera, et cetera? Nine out of 10 are about everything else. <laughs> Strategies around the use of Roth IRAs to do a multi-generational, um, uh, have a multi-generational impact tax-free 
within inside a family. So the over we 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 didn't even talk that about. So you should put it in the vanguard. No, that's, <laughs> we didn't. There, no. There's no point to that. Uh, certainly not at this moment. There's no there's no value in that. The value is in let's figure out what's the appropriate strategy. What does the big picture look like? How do we get Ed closer to his goal? He was very clear. I want to help my kids in a way that that's as beneficial to them as possible. Would a Roth do that? It absolutely could. Mm-hmm. It absolutely could. Maybe his wife doesn't have exactly the same objective, but yeah, we could talk to her about that as well. Mm-hmm. I've already been given instructions by a husband. I'm meeting with his wife on Monday about how to get her moving along on a project he's hoping she'll agree to. So it's, uh, often we wear striped shirts and whistles. And Well, I had a similar experience in the past week. We use planning software mm-hmm. um, to help people um, see the likelihood of success to meet their financial goals to compare options, to look at how scenarios could play out. Uh, and in this case, um, put in the current spending level mm. and the assets and the income. And the probability of success wasn't as high as we'd like it to be. Wow. So it's a conversation that says, okay, this is based on $115,000 of spending every year. Mm. You might not make it. Okay, but if you cut that down by just seven thousand a year, your likelihood of success jumps up by twenty percent. Wow! So now it's time to think about your spending. Look at where your money's going, how much you're spending on things. Be mindful. One of the other, it was interesting. One of the goals we put in the plan was a specific travel budget, hmm. and it was a little high, and the plan said. In addition to that annual spending, you might only be able to spend half that much on travel. So make choose your trips, you know, Mm. be frugal where you have to be to still get the experiences you want. But anyway, it was a good conversation starter for exactly that kind of thing. Like maybe start thinking about ways to just tighten about a little bit so that you don't have to worry as the years go on, you know? Something um, that that can be um, either, oh, I'm very sad. Or it could be very invigorating. There are folks out there who have done amazing things, seen amazing places, and spent very little money. Mm-hmm. So if you substitute some creativity for some cash, and they should be very creative because you said that uh, their travel expenses were high. So I'm guessing they're going to Denver and, and they get that because out there it's it's the uh, client I was on the Zoom with yesterday who when you told me you heard a lot of laughter, yes. he was just in Denver. Because <laughs> out there it's... Uh, you can he was hiking sure he was hiking that's what they call it now 610-720-7900 your calls are very very welcome the lovely and talented john elliott taking your calls moving them through very efficiently and we've had lots of good calls already you can be next 610-720-7900 it might be Hey, I'm working part-time. What do I do with the extra money? Hey, my 401k is not working as well as I had hoped. What can I possibly do for that? Hey, I think the stock market's going to crater, and I really am concerned, but I don't want to miss it if the market goes up. Is there a way we can do that? Mm -hmm. You might want to do that. Hey, um, well, hey, I've got a couple of hays right here. Uh, A gentleman who's one of our most loyal listeners earlier this month, Wells Fargo, updated their service agreement for online banking. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. 
buried way down in the online agreement, which everyone scrolls past, guilty, mm-hmm. is a clause that says by signing it, you agree that you waive your right to sue the bank for any reason. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, that's what I said. Even if you don't sign, you're agreeing to the terms just by signing into your online account anytime after the date of the agreement. So if you use the online account, you are accepting their terms, which says, according to this gentleman, that you may not sue the bank. Now, why would they do that? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, uh, Wells Fargo leads the pack by a mile in terms of fines and regulatory impact over the last, uh, gosh, it's it's going on 10 years. Every time you turn around, they're being fined, censured, uh, called on the carpet for another violation. Sometimes it's on the banking side. Sometimes it's on the investment side. Sometimes it crosses over. The investment advisors some years back were being given bonuses for opening up bank accounts. So they did. Okay. So they didn't exactly ask permission of the clients. <laughs> They just had an IRA over here and went, eh, you probably want a bank account too, and just went ahead and opened them up for them. So they got big bonuses. And, of course, Wells Fargo got into a bit of a pickle. Uh, so they forced us all into an online environment. In many yeah. cases, that is true. Then remove our right to sue them as a condition of using the services. What do they know that we don't? And I think we've figured that out rather easily. Um, gosh. Uh, when a prospective client approaches us and says, uh, yeah, now that we've talked, I'd really like to be one of your clients. Uh, there's, uh, gosh, dozens of of uh, competitors they may currently be with that when you see the paperwork, you know, we'll do a transfer. It'll be quite simple. And you see Wells Fargo and you just. <sighs> there are a few that you just know you're in for. Buckle up. (laughs) 610-720-7900, please. I have an email. Um, This is from a loyal listener and client. Um, With a possible government shutdown, could you discuss what we might see to avoid any knee-jerk reactions? No doubt the market will react. I know we should be calm and rational in our decision-making and that we don't have a crystal ball, so this is just a what-could-happen Kind of scenario. So if there's a government <clears throat> shutdown, do the markets react and what should we do? The markets have already reacted. Stock market is uh, a reflection of what professional investors think will be the scenario three to six months in the future. Mm. That's as far out as they look. They're all based on quarterly estimates. They're all based on quarterly performance. S- stocks go up and down with results. And they're trying to anticipate where will the markets be? Where will stocks be in three to six months? Uh, The last three weeks? Mm, At least. At least. (laughs) The market has been dropping. Mm -hmm. uh, Dropped again this week. Uh, That's a reflection of professional investment uh, managers anticipating the market shutdown. They're anticipating that there will be... um, disruptions of some form Mm. they don't know what it is they don't know how high how low sideways they have no clue but what they're anticipating is that the emotional reaction to for most normal people (laughs) most uh individual investors Uh is going to be negative that's what they're anticipating it's likely to be short term 
This is not our first government shutdown. Uh, we have had these in the past. And if I said to you, uh, to, to, to the individual asking the question, uh, what happened to the stock market during the last government shutdown? If you knew, I would, I would, I would fall right out of my chair. All right, I'm not actually sitting. But bottom line is, uh, I don't think anybody's going to remember. Mm. It was that much of a uh, kind of a nothing sandwich. Non-event. Non-event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Non-event. Short-term, ugh, anxiety, my heart's pounding, oh, my God. They probably will never reopen. Do not get my hopes up. <laughs> don't that tease is, him now. That is, that, is, <laughs> that is wrong. You're teasing. Give me a tissue. Not, this is very upsetting. That would just be the answer to a prayer. I pray five times a day. I don't face Mecca. I'm not even sure which direction Mecca is. But I, I still, and I don't have the little rug, but I'm really hoping, because Joe Mascari has those, the Oriental carpets. I want to get a little prayer rug, because I pray a lot. When I was growing up, the whole idea in the, in the scripture, someplace it says, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how do you get anything done? Mm-hmm. And now I'm going, how do I get anything done if I'm not praying constantly? Because <laughs> otherwise, hey, hey. Uh, I think it's going to be a nothing burger. I think it's going to end up being, um, w- with any luck at all, get some people's attention, uh, demonstrate some of the incompetencies. Uh, if some of the more conservative Fox News, I, somebody should smack them across the top of their head. Um, they keep referring to the uh, most conservative Republicans as some sort of a radical element in the, are you kidding me? Radical. Uh, our idea is that the government shouldn't spend trillions of dollars with no thought process whatsoever. Well, you're so radical. Yeah, that's just. Our idea is we should cut expenses that are unnecessary. You're so radical. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how to deal with you. Sorry, that was uh, that was uh, Taylor Gaga there for a second. I could tell, uh, yeah, I knew. Uh, it was just kind of a valley girl thing. But bottom line is, I think we're going to be just fine. Ups and downs, gosh, sure. I think the downs have already been factored in. I think what will happen that will be more um, of value to, to answer the question is when it is resolved, and it will be, mm-hmm. uh, the markets are going to go up. And, and and does that make a great deal of sense? It, it kind of does because the markets are now artificially low. They're, they're lower than they would normally be without this threat. When the threat is removed, they will rise dramatically. I don't think so. I think, but back to a no, more normal number, maybe a number that we saw six weeks ago. Yeah, August 1st, I think generally around that time was kind of our mm. peak of the year maybe mm-hmm. or at least since the end of the second quarter and things have been down since then so i hope that that proves to be the case that would be wonderful i'll be happy when those markets are green you know how i am yes <laughs> yes she's a girl that appreciates her green yes <laughs> yes 6107207900 excellent question by the way mm-hmm. excellent question uh, young lady writes, my ex-husband agreed to allow me to not only care for him, but also handle his financial affairs. God, Must have a good relationship. Oh, God bless him. That's both. wonderful. Uh, he has willed an antique Camaro to one daughter and a 2005 Corvette. Ooh. Nice. To another. Lucky girl. The, da- the uh, daughter did not want the Corvette. Um, give me her phone number. I got to talk to her. And so they <laughs> sold it. Uh, he wants to wow. give this daughter the proceeds 
20 okay. grand, not, okay. not a small number. Okay. Um, how can he do that? He also gives substantial birthday and Christmas gifts that might be 5000 a year or so to each. He hasn't made any plans for his investments other than a will. I'm dealing with things one at a time as they arise. Ah, oh, bless you. Good God bless you. What a wonderful heart. Yes. What a, what a tribute to a wonderful heart. Yes. And trust. He's trusting her. She's caring enough to do it. Oh, my gosh. See, and, it's a beautiful and thing. It is. And, and there are people going to go, oh, the world's so crappy. No, Washington, D.C. is crappy. Harrisburg is crappy. The world, the Lehigh Valley, Nazareth. Come on, Bethlehem. The people are wonderful. They really are. I have no experience and there's so much I'm dealing with. Can you help me? Oh, yes. The answer is yes. Well, first of all, we'll talk a little bit later about this. She would be a great person to attend the workshop. Work, work ah, time. very good. We're um, going to so announce yeah. that after the top yes. of the hour. Okay. So why did she not want the 2005 Corvette? That's the big question in this email. Oh, no, the, it's not. No, the, <laughs> the, no it, it's the only question is, is that's your question. <laughs> For this young lady, how can he how can he how make can that? He, and the yes. answer is just write the check. Just write the check. So when you give someone one individual person a gift worth more than sixteen thousand dollars this year, seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. Excuse me. No worries. All you need to do is report it with your tax return. It's a simple gift tax return, one piece of paper, essentially. Mm. No big deal. No, no taxes. No issues. Whatsoever. Just you just have to say I gave my daughter. 20, 20 just, grand. Just That's that it. easy. Just, just do it. Yeah, please. Um, I am so happy that her concern, obviously, she expresses her concern. It's reading between the lines, but you can tell there's a lot going on. This one's easy. Yep. And can we help? Sure. Our tax department, Diane, if that is her real name, or Sue, uh, easily done. Easily done. One piece of paper. So uh, don't let that give you any concern whatsoever. Tell them to go ahead and write the check. Hopefully his daughter is very appreciative of that and um, and puts it to good use. And uh, as uh, you get closer to the end of the year and you're starting to prepare for next year's taxes, if you have a question, if, you're, if you don't have a professional tax preparer, please call us. Very simply done. We're, we'll be happy to help. Yep. A couple minutes before the top of the hour, a couple things you should know. Really important announcement. I think what we have coming up is very, very important. I think it's going to impact a lot of people. Alyssa will give you details uh, around 9.05. So if you're uh, kind of heading out, make sure you have the radio on in the car. If uh, you're hanging out, uh, make sure you stick with us at least through the top of the hour as you get the, uh, the next announcement. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Calls, emails after this on More Than Money.
So when you say you could provide an entire <laughs> soundtrack, are you talking about like Dr. Snoop and uh, D- Dre Dog? All and kinds of stuff. You could do an entire soundtrack. Yeah. So we don't have to put up with Forever Young every single day. We don't put up with Forever Young. Oh. <laughs> oh, and I, you know it. Is there a sensitive spot we've touched there? No. It's just ridiculous. You're just being um, okay, hang on a second. You're only saying I'm being ridiculous because, because it's true. That's the only reason that you would even dare say that. <laughs> uh, mm. I'll think through that later. Okay. 610-720-7900. Welcome back to More Than Money. If you have a question for us, that's the easiest way to get it uh, in front. Uh, 610-720-7900. We had a great first hour if you missed it. It will be available to you on podcast Monday around noon. John does his uh, wizardry with electrons. Megan does her wizardry with the website. You go to our website, you go to the radio tab, and you've got the entire show uh, start to finish. And we covered a lot of ground in that first hour, a lot of really important stuff. We have some very important announcements and some uh, uh, very interesting emails to start this second full hour. But as always, uh, if you have questions for us, you go to the front of the line. So Alyssa, A-O-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. Okay, not sure about that. Um, uh, Morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the uh, Listen Live button. And again, 610-72. Zero seventy nine hundred. Uh, one of the things that uh, Alyssa has been uh, really committed to um, is since uh, she joined us now, coming up on three years ago. In, a blink. in February, yeah, yeah three it's years. a blink, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh, crazy good. <laughs> crazy good. Yes. Uh, is uh, trying to address as many of the key issues facing our clients as humanly possible. And we do it in tons of ways. Of course, as uh, you well know, if you're a loyal listener, uh, Gene's been getting up at Dark 30 for decades. Mm-hmm. And when given that opportunity to do the same, there's lots of folks who would have gone, how about if I get back to you on that? You know, maybe in the three or four years, maybe never. And Alyssa went, no, absolutely. I want to get involved. I want to help. I want to answer questions. I want to serve my clients. I want to address the things that are really important to them. And we do it on air. We do it, of course, MTM through our TV shows. We do it through our radio shows, our newsletters, um, and live events. The live events that we um, tend to sponsor have um, a a pretty common uh, foundational theme. We, We care about people. We care about the things that are important to people. And if we can have a positive impact on the lives of folks who need our help, we're all about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have an event coming up that Alyssa is going to tell you about. Yes. Um, we answered an email before the break about someone who's preparing an estate for someone that she cares about. Uh, we hear questions about this all the time. What happens when... Um, how, how do I deal with, you know, this estate, settling this estate? How do I prepare for my family when, when, when I die? There's so many questions, so many challenges, so much anxiety. And we deal with it all the time. So we've learned a lot of helpful things. And we would like to share that with you. 
So I'm partnering with Keith Stroll, who we've mentioned on this program all the time. He is an estate planning attorney who works with Steckle and Stop, and he's our partner for estate planning. Together, we are putting on a workshop that we're calling When a Loved One Dies. And our goal is to cover lots of important things you might not know uh, that will help make this easier for you. From from uh, preparing before someone passes on, the things you need to make sure you know, from uh, the steps you take after someone dies, uh, that you, uh, you know, w- w- what are your priorities? What order should you do things in? What are the things you need to be aware of and look out for? Uh, things you shouldn't do. And then, of course, how can you make it easier on your loved ones for when you die? What are some steps that you can take to get things in order so that their experience is as stress-free as possible? So that, that's the stuff we're going to cover in this workshop. It's going to be held on Monday, October 30th. We're going to hold two sessions. We're going to try to we're going to keep it to an hour. So uh, it's not too overwhelming, not, you know, uh, too, you know, just just a burden on you. Like uh, an hour is good. You're going to walk away with at least a couple pieces of helpful information. We'll make it worth your while. So we're going to do two sessions, uh, one at three o'clock, and that's Great for people who don't want to drive after dark, um, you know, get out during the daytime and then go out for dinner or go back home for dinner and you're home. So three o'clock on Monday, October 30th, and then again at seven o'clock. So that's great for if you're working um, and you you can't get out of work during the day, you can come after work. So three o'clock, seven o'clock, Monday, October 30th. The location is to be determined. I have two, maybe three options. There'll be, probably be in Palmer Township, not far from our office is what you need to know. So if you're comfortable coming to the MTM office, the location for this workshop is going to be nearby. I'll make a final decision on that in the next couple of days. Um, but Keith and I are working on this because we think it's really important for you to be prepared, um, have some, some tips in your back pocket, and um, we hope you'll take advantage of it. Um, we'll put all the details on our website. We'll be sending out emails. We'll post it on social media. We will be asking people to RSVP because the room we will use will have a max capacity. Um, I will do my best to make this available, uh, a recording available online after the fact. So we'll work on those details and of course let you know if that's definitely going to be possible. But if you can come in person and join us and learn something that will help you um, again, it's it's called When a Loved One Dies, October 30th at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And we'll be advertising all the details um, in the coming weeks. If you would like uh, preliminary registration, if you want to make sure that you have a seat. And when we talk about max seating, uh, both of the venues that we're looking at somewhere in the 75 uh, person capacity. So we are limited in how many we can have at each of the shows so that you have uh, the best opportunity of being with us. If you would like to uh, indicate, hey, I'm interested, send Megan an email, M-E-G-A-N, Megan, at askmtm.com. She'll end up doing registrations and confirmations and information. So if you are so inclined, and I would hope that you would be, this is an incredibly important event. It's going to address the kinds of things that, sadly, unaddressed, cause tremendous anxiety. And if they're addressed, it will allow you to grieve without anxiety. Mm. Grief is a challenge. There's no question about it. 
it doesn't need also to be so very, very painful with all the anxiety that comes with the unknown. We're going to answer the questions. And when I say we, Alyssa and uh, Keith uh, work very, very well together, cover lots of the, of, of the components of what you would be most concerned about and very respectful of your time. We are very uh, proud that our events, live events start on time. They end on time. So you'll start at three, you'll be done by four. You're not going to be starting at three going, gosh, I hope we get out of here before seven thirty because <laughs> it's going on forever. Um, if you have questions and it goes beyond four, um, Alyssa and Keith will be there and available to talk to you about those individually. Uh, if you want to have a one-on-one because your questions are much more personal, that's perfectly acceptable as well. Uh, the other thing that we don't do, you're not going to get a steak dinner. <laughs> you're not getting lobster. This is not being advertised as, uh, hey, come and eat until you're stuffed and uh, hopefully we're going to put some pressure on you thereafter. No, that's not what we're about. So uh, if you're very lucky, maybe a teeny tiny bottle of water. That might be the most that you're going to get. So if, <laughs> if you're looking for the what's, what's in it for me, you, you're going to get great information about a very important topic and, and, a, and a hearty handshake. That's what you're going to get. And it's very, very important. So, uh, and, and I would strongly encourage, strongly encourage multiple generations. Mm-hmm. If, if you're sitting there right now going, hey, I lost my spouse five or six years ago. I'm 80 years old. Uh, and it, my kids are my priority. Bring the kids. Because your kids are in their 60s, for gosh sakes. They need this kind of planning as well. It is a family issue. It's like, give us the title of the workshop again. When a loved one dies. When a loved one dies. Sometimes it's grandma. Sometimes it's dad. Sometimes it's a son or daughter. Mm-hmm. So we've got to be, we've got to be prepared and, and, uh, do yourself a favor. This, this is going to be a very, very special event, uh, limited, uh, seating. There's no question about it. Uh, let Megan know M E G A N at askmtm.com. Uh, 610-720-7900. That's the number that you may call. That's the number that uh, Shelton has called. Yes. Good morning, Shelton. Good morning, Melissa and Jean. Uh, simple. Um, they have a, there's a government shutdown. Uh, would it affect uh, my wife and my uh, Social Security? Yeah, at this point, it's uncertain exactly what the impact will be on the Treasury. It is thought that automatic payments will go out because they're automatic Mm -hmm. and they're not done by uh, individuals. They're done by computers. So it's thought that uh, it's it's uh, projected that uh, automatic payments should be in good shape. It is also thought that um, uh, tax refunds uh, might be affected and any, um, uh, gosh, requirement that you interact with somebody on the IRS side or the Treasury side is going to be very limited. Um, they're they're going to cut way back on available hours. So right now it's dreadful. So it's going to be likely near impossible uh, to be in touch with a live human being uh, during the shutdown. But automatic checks, it's been... Uh, um, uh, shared with us that the expectation is that you should be okay. Okay, well, we're direct deposit. Uh, no, it won't affect bank. Uh, would it affect banking at all? 
No. Uh, it shouldn't. No, the banking system and the government system are independent, so it shouldn't affect the banking system at all. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, sir. God bless. Have a good day. You too. You too. Uh, gentleman too shy to talk on the radio asks, what's the difference between inheritance tax and estate tax? Um, there is no difference. I think those are synonyms. Um, I I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, and you will. You're wrong. Um, I think that the word estate tax is often more used in relation to what had been a, a, a federal level estate tax. And the federal estate tax exemption is so high now that most of us normal people, like you said earlier, don't have anything to worry about. But Remembering, of course, that that's set to expire. Yes, it is. Whether or not it stays at the 12... Point something million just over twelve million dollars. per yes. person. <laughs> per person, yeah. um, it remains to be seen. I, I think before it was raised to that, it was about five. It was uh, just at three. Okay, mm. um, so I th- I've heard the term estate tax used in that federal context more, and the inheritance ta- inheritance tax term used more at the state level. But it's the same thing. Um, Pennsylvania charges inheritance tax. New Jersey doesn't for direct descendants. Uh, but it's it's really the same. It's a tax, uh, and and Alyssa's quite right. Pains me to say, and she's quite right. Uh, it's almost always uh, referenced in the professional community. The estate tax is federal. Inheritance tax is uh, estate. Um, people who are uh, uh, a, a little less concerned about the subtleties refer to all of them as death taxes. Mm. Uh, Okay, yeah, I got got no argument there. 610-720-7900, Alyssa at askmtm.com, Gene at askmtm.com. Oh, very good. Signing up for the workshop. Nice. Fantastic, already it starts. I have an incredibly long email. Okay. Two and a half pages. Oh boy, okay. Buckle in. All right. Six one zero seven two. Save us. <laughs> uh, I've I've already looked at it. So seriously, call. Save us. And I Six, do have an email question as well. Oh, let's do that first. Do that first. Yeah, okay, sure. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Email to Alyssa. All right, here we go. It says, "Good morning. I have stock that I've had for many years, and I'm thinking about cashing in some of this stock. Please explain the capital gains when cashing in stock. This stock I have." The dividends are reinvested, but the price of this stock has basically remained about the same for the last five years with little fluctuations in price. Also, when cashing in stock, are the proceeds of the sale recorded as income on my tax return? I am 75 and retired. Thank you for your response. All right. Great questions. You should never thank us until we responded because you may not like the answer. (laughs) <laughs> um, that's sorry. Um, so, um, let's, let's, let's start fundamental. We, mm-hmm. we bought stock many years ago, 20 years ago. We mm-hmm. paid $10 a share. It grew to, um, it's currently $30 a share, mm-hmm. but it's been kind of flat the last five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, dividends reinvested actually helps a little bit because dividend reinvestment buys more shares but the dividends are taxed year by year. So if I pay $10 a share, but I've gotten $3 a share in dividends, 
I've already paid tax on those dividends. My new cost basis is $13 a share. Mm. So it may very well help you pay less taxes if you have very good records and you can document which shares you paid tax on already. Typically, that's a pretty easy thing to do because you'll get a 1099 from the company each year on how many dividends, what, not how many dividends, the dollar value of the dividends that they sent you, and you report that on your tax return. So if you go back to your tax returns for as long as you've been reinvesting dividends, undoubtedly you're going to find that document that says, hey, this year I got $831.12 in dividends. That adds to your cost basis. It's important that you look at this uh, very, very carefully um, for two possible planning opportunities. Uh, stock that you've had for many years, you had an original amount, and now you've been buying more shares. Mm -hmm. When you have a dividend reinvestment, you're buying more shares. You're using your dividends to buy more shares. So those are dis they're, they're described as individual lots. I bought 1,000 shares at $10 a share. And then the next year, I bought 30 shares because I got 800 bucks in dividends. So these are all individual. You're, you're going to have different cost bases for all of those. If you're selling it all, it's actually kind of easy. Mm -hmm. Just add up all the numbers. If you're selling pieces, you got to be very careful. And if you are uh, holding all of this in a uh, drip account, dividend reinvestment plan, uh, you may very well wish uh, to talk to um, shareholder services so that they understand, uh, so that you understand exactly what your uh, taxable amount, what your cost basis actually is. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Now, what's uh, additionally important, you're 75 years old. I We have no idea what his income is. Her, no. We have no idea what her income is. Very Correct. good. Uh, because uh, capital gains are taxed at very different rates. Mm -hmm. If her income is above 276000 bucks, she's going to pay about 23% in capital gains tax. If her income, if she's single, is under 44000 she pays zero. Right. How cool is that? Yeah. So before you get too far along, before you get too... Um, um, too deeply into the weeds, so to speak, if it turns out that your income tax, your capital gains tax is going to be zero and, and it doesn't much matter what your capital gain or what your cost basis is, don't go through all the work. Right. So sitting with a professional tax uh, person or a financial advisor that understands these things like the folks at MTM do, uh, for a half an hour, you might find out joyously you can sell this and pay no tax right this woman asked if when she cashes in the stock are the yeah. proceeds of the sale recorded as income sure it's the the gain oh uh, the proceeds are are reported as income that it is reportable on your tax return schedule d as an income the taxable portion of that will be based on the cost basis so um it is, it is not um, her, her question, whether it's the question she really meant to ask or not. Um, I sold it for 20,000 bucks. I paid $5,000. The income reported is 20. 
the taxable amount of that will be 15. So it is uh, not, it, it, it is a head scratcher on occasion in terms of reportable income for different purposes. Uh, for example, uh, municipal bonds produce tax-free income. Is that reportable income? Yup. The IRS requires you to report the income. There's no tax on it. They require you to report the income. They use it for other purposes. IRMA, for example, includes things that are not taxable income. So your Medicare uh, premiums might be adjusted in the extreme uh, if you have something that's not taxable income. Mm. So there's a, there's a couple little wrinkles. Again, for this young lady's purpose, sitting with a tax advisor, sitting with a financial advisor, um, less than half an hour uh, can uh, calculate uh, uh, within some pretty close tolerances uh, what tax she may, fi- may face, if any. Okay. If any. Excellent question. Good for you. And better for her, now's the time to ask the question. Mm. Uh, it's uh, October. <laughs> oh, yeah, already. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's not April. Right. <laughs> and too many people ask these kind of questions in April. If she knows she can sell her stock and pay no tax, she might very well do it now. Mm -hmm. If she has anxiety about, oh my gosh, I don't want to pay more tax, she may end up holding off for all the wrong reasons. So you're asking the question when tax professionals have the time to answer them and when you have the time to make choices. I'll sell it now. I'll sell it later. I'll sell it after January 1st. I'll sell half now, half in January, and end up none of it being... There are, you, you can strategize. You can strategize. 610-720-7900. Please thank that na- nice lady for that excellent question. I will. Um, people, um, you, you have no idea how many other people you are benefiting when you ask your questions. You think, yeah, gosh, I must be the only one that doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it's one of the great joys of being on air uh, every Saturday is that we get to help so many people indirectly, uh, folks who had no, uh, no idea that they were helping so many other folks. That's right. Uh, we're coming up on a break, our last break, but I'm going to start uh, with a question that we may finish. I don't think so. Uh, gentleman writes, I'm considering cashing in a $4,000 529 plan to fund a car for my grandson. Mm-hmm. Uh, his college costs are basically covered. Great. Hmm. Uh, 4000 bucks in. Contributions were $1,600. i have earned $2,400. i am sure I will get a 1099 Of course you will. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, no taxes on our contribution of 1600 but are there taxes on the 2400 Yes. And a penalty of 10%, is it on the earnings only or on the entire 4000 If it's on the earnings. Earnings only, right? Absolutely. Uh, do the federal tax forms lead one through how to calculate the penalty? Is it also similar for PA income tax? Hmm. I, I have never uh, experienced reporting that on a tax return. So I don't know if they 
lead you through it or not. I would hope so, but I'm not going to make any assumptions about how the IRS <laughs> does its thing. <laughs> um, no, they, they, there's no uh, reasonable way to assume that they're either clearly delineated or not. Most folks, uh, most folks, either most folks that we know, uh, either have it prof- their taxes professionally done, which means simple piece of cake, um, or they use uh, tax software. Mm-hmm. Simple piece of cake. Did you have any distributions from a five twenty nine? Yes. Was it used for educational purposes? No. What was your contribution? Sixteen hundred. It's going to lead you through step by step. Now the real question is. Is it going to be taxable at all? Oh. Ooh, that's called a tease. <laughs> that's a tease. If you want to find out, there's a couple ways. Maybe it's not taxable at all. Stick with us. Uh, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. If you want to join our workshop. Uh, on October the 30th, send Megan a reservation, Megan at AskMTM.com. We'll take your calls or emails after this on More Than Money. See how John did that? He put on a piece of music I had no worries whatsoever about turning off. See that? Please. That's very good. We're, we're, we're right to it. We're right to it. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. We ended the last uh, segment talking about a question about taking money out of a 529 for non-educational purposes. We'll re- we will uh, circle back to that because, as always... Folks who call, go to the front of the line. So our caller. Yes, we're going to thank Barbara for calling this morning. Good morning, Barbara. How can we serve you? Oh, hi. Um, I have a home I bought 25 years ago. Okay. And I'm thinking of selling it in the next year or two. And I go to a certain company for my taxes, you Mm -hmm. know, to have my taxes done. Mm -hmm. Because there is a rental it was divided top bottom, so I lived downstairs and I rented upstairs. About five years ago, I renovated the upstairs apartment, and they've been depreciating that on my tax returns. The one accountant said I wouldn't have to pay capital gains. The other accountant, I happened to get a different one in the group, said I would have to pay capital gains when I sold the house, and I don't earn that much, so. I don't understand why I would have to pay capital gains. Okay, ec- excellent. This is a very, very interesting question for a couple different reasons. But let me start with what may end the discussion. What is your taxable income roughly? What do you think that will be uh, this year approximately? 
Including the rental, about 40000 Ah, so you are under the 40 Yeah, if if you can, oh. it's down in that section someplace about... Yep, ca- so, so and are, do you file... Um, no, no, capital gains rates. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in the middle column. Okay, so I we're... I should look- just put my glasses Yeah, on. we're looking for capital gains rates if you make... Under? Under... Um, it's, well, it's, it doesn't matter if how you file 44,000 for single and uh, 89,000 for joint. So we'll ask, are you married? I'm single. Okay. So 44 and she's at 44. So, uh, 0% 0 capital gains rate means that you, depending on the, the gross amount, assuming that you don't go above the 44, you won't pay capital gains. But the reason you're not paying capital gains is because of your income, not because of the sale itself, because under normal circumstances for everyone listening out there, this is going to be one of those things that you'll either remember later or you're just going to try to forget because it causes a headache. This young lady owns a home, but she also owns an investment property. You go, no, 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 no. She owns the whole property. That is true. But the IRS looks at her as having a residence and an investment property all in the same on on the same piece of of land. So when you report your uh, sale, uh, they will ask uh, your tax preparer how much I'm going to use a very simple number. It's not a number you gave me, so I'm not violating any confidences. Let's say the property is worth three hundred thousand. You paid a hundred. And the uh, tax preparer determines that your part of that and the rental part are exactly equal. So it's 50-50. So you paid $100,000. 50000 of that is your cost basis for your home. 50000 is the cost basis for the rental. So your home, you can sell it for up to 250000 of profit and, and you have no tax. You, you, in this, in my example, you're selling it for a hundred fifty thousand, a hundred thousand of profit. There's no tax. The rental is going to be calculated totally different. They're going to start with the cost basis. They're going to, they're going to subtract all the depreciation that you've had over twenty five years, and and it's very possible that the whole one fifty, in my example, is going to be a capital gain. So you will end up reporting the sale of your home as two separate sales the capital gain could actually push her into a bracket where she will owe tax could sure we don't know i'm using demonstration numbers to give you an idea and let everybody know that if you're in a similar circumstance i did the exact same thing many years ago had a home had rentals i had to when i sold it report it as the sale of a residence and the sale of an investment property both on the same property so would that be calculated like 10% or how would they calculate the capital gain? It will depend on the amount of your capital gain. And that, that really does come into play when you talk to your professional tax preparer. Uh, if one is saying that it's zero, it either means that there's going to be a modest capital gain or it means they don't understand the rule uh, if they're saying that there will be capital gains, it could be because the capital gains is pretty substantial. Right. And they were, it seemed like there was two types of depreciation going on. Of if course. They, if, if they've been depreciating it generally for 25 years, and then all of a sudden, because I renovated 
mm-hmm. the upstairs apartment five years ago. Now they're depreciating that. That is true. That is exactly what they are doing, and it's exactly appropriate. In the original purchase, the IRS allowed them to depreciate the cost basis over probably a 30-year period. You've had it 25, so for intents and purposes, you're, you're down to nearly a zero cost basis. But when you did the renovations, these are referred to as capital improvements. Those uh-huh. also have a depreciable life and if your accountant did it properly, uh, he or she looked at pieces of that renovation. A refrigerator, for example, has a 10-year life. An air conditioner may have a 7-year life. Uh, carpeting may have a 12-year life. They would have depreciated that so that year by year your income taxes have been as low as they can legal, legally be. Uh, but now uh, that comes to roost because when we sell the property— uh, we recapture all that depreciation. It reduces your cost basis, and the capital gain is shown as higher, which could be a problem depending on the amount that that uh, how much that adds to your income, or it might end up being it doesn't matter because your capital gains rate will be zero. It's something that your professional preparer will have to determine for you. Correct. So the second fellow was correct. There's going to be capital gains from what he told me. And the first guy just didn't know as much about the law, I think, with the rental. Oh, that may very well be the case. Or the first guy may know more about your specific circumstance, your taxable income, and how much they expect the property will sell for. But I suspect the second guy was right. And can I have a bonus question? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well said. (laughs) I'm 76. Is it worthwhile for me to, if I did sell the home and had like 25000 extra dollars, would it be worth it to put in a gold IRA at my age? No. No. Nope. Where's the best thing to put that money? Oh, goodness. That's a very different question, and it will depend on your total financial picture. So if you're sitting with a financial advisor that's trustworthy and a fiduciary and puts your best interest at heart, they're going to ask you a lot of questions before they get anywhere close to where should you invest money. Okay. Sounds good. I have one. Excellent. Excellent. And thank you again. I really was troubled by this, and I like to get correct information, so uh, (laughs) it'll all work out. Good for you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for the call. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You came to the right place. Oh, uh, gosh, <laughs> I hope so. And she's got a financial advisor she trusts. Fantastic. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. The bottom line um, confusion when selling a mixed-use property is way more common than you think. Um, a number of years ago, we had uh, very dear friends, good clients for many, many years who sold a property, sold their home. And, of course, they assumed it's tax-free because it's their residence. He had a business, a machine business, out of a separate building on the property, ran it as a business, treated it as a business. That's two uses of the same property. Mm-hmm. One is qualifies as a residence. The other does not. Mm-hmm. Her case, the rental is an investment property. It does not qualify for the, the residential exclusion, and it has to be addressed. So it can be confusing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> her, her question about what to do with the money, 
I'm glad that as soon as I told her they're going to ask a lot of questions, I have one of those. Good. Good for her. Good for her. Because too many people go, yo, buddy, I got like 50 Gs. Where should I put it? Um, it the moral equivalent of being... What um, medicine should I take? Exactly. Hey, doc, I got. Uh, <laughs> well, what kind of drug do you think I ought to be on? <laughs> what? 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 Um, how, how about one that, that increases your IQ? Because you're too stupid. Yeah. I mean, if you, the, what she should do with it depends on so many things. Oh, so What are many. her goals? What does yeah. she need? Blah, 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 blah. Yep. <laughs> now, do you really? Blah, blah, blah? That's what I say all the time to my clients. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm like kidding. I don't. Wow. That's very confusing. That was my way of summarizing lots of questions. Ah. <laughs> oh, I see what you've Without done taking up the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm 12 and a half minutes. So I'm fascinated to go back to something you teased us about earlier. I, I want to hear um, where you were le- where you were going with this. So we were talking about somebody who wants to use 529 plan money for something that's not educational. And you said it might not be taxable at all? At all. Why? Okay. Um, so... 529 plans are designed to um, uh, provide a tax-free environment to create cash to assist with educational expenses. Yes. So educational expenses. Tuition, room and board, rent, books. Books. Yep. Now you said rent. Seriously? Rent? If you're living off campus at school, you can use it for rent. So, gosh, books, that makes sense. Tuition, that makes sense. But there are other expenses that might be appropriate. He says um, his college costs are basically covered. So let's say he has $4,000 in educational expenses that, that are eligible for a 529 plan distribution. Uh, with a little bit of strategy, this money could come out pay for those educational expenses, have no tax, no um, penalty, and other money could be used to... For the car. For the car. Oh. So that's one way. Second way, how are his expenses covered? Oh, yeah, we don't know. No. It doesn't say. What if some of that's a college scholarship? Mm-hmm. What does the 529 plan do with college scholarships? They allow you to withdraw an amount equal to the scholarship without tax or penalty. Really? Yes. That's awesome. It is incredibly awesome. I didn't know that. Uh, most folks I'm don't. counting on my daughter to get lots of scholarships, so then maybe her uh, 529 plan is going to be able to be used for something else. Well, you can <laughs> certainly count on Johanna for that, because as we all know, I am a very good influence. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> First scholar- national scholarship of Gene. So. Um, now, another thing. Um, in this particular case, there was a different planning opportunity. This five, uh, does he have to hurry up and get rid of this 529? No, absolutely not. When, when does it, when does it expire? It doesn't. It doesn't. Wow. So we could, even though that this young man doesn't need it right now, mm-hmm. is it possible he might need it in the future? Maybe grad school or something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So if we leave it there, it continues to cook. In this particular case, Granddad has stock that he has had forever. Very high capital gains. Ah. Very high capital gains. Mm. So high that uh, Grandpa goes, I'm not selling it. Mm. Too painful. Too painful. 
What if? What if? What if he does? What if he gifted the stock to his grandson who sells it and realizes a capital gain that might not be taxable because he's in a 0% zero. tax bracket? He, he will absolutely pay zero tax. So dad, who will likely would have likely paid $1,000 in taxes, uh, will end up on this 529 if he takes it out paying probably $1,000 in taxes and penalties, could avoid all taxes, make a simple gift, grandson sells it, he's in the zero bracket, we've already discussed capital gains brackets, follow taxable income, he pays nothing. The only person that loses is Uncle Sam. And we're okay I, with that. Oh, we're really okay with that. Um, we didn't mention, while we're covering all the bases of yeah, options ahead, with 529 plans, nice. the new rule that now allows you to move money from a 529 plan into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary, and it wouldn't be taxable in that situation either. It's also something to consider. If you have other sources of money for the car and you want to keep that tax-free and benefit your grandson another way, that's another option. Get him started on his retirement savings. He has to be eligible to make a contribution to a Roth IRA before you do that. So it might not be this year. Maybe it'll be next year after he starts working. No big deal. There's no limit. There's some rules around that, but... Mm. Um, once you're familiar with them, it's certainly an option to consider. If you play by the rules, there's a very real chance that this $4,000 can go to his grandson uh, into his Roth IRA. And I'm picking a number out of thin air if, if that compounds for 45 years. And he has, with no guarantees, of course, uh, the, uh, the good fortune of earning 10% a year. Uh, for those 45 years, it will double that 4,000 will double every seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in the first seven years, it goes to 8,000 big deal, <laughs> please. Why even do it? <laughs> seven years later, 14 years, it's at 16,000. It's barely the down payment on a decent Mercedes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 21 years in, uh, okay, wait a second. It's, uh, Thirty-two thousand bucks. Wow, that that ain't nothing. Oh, uh, no. Uh, Twenty-eight years in, it's sixty-four thousand dollars. Thirty-five years in, it's one hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars. And forty-two years in, not uh, it's not going to quite double this last time. So it's forty-two years in, it's a quarter of a million. And let's say it it only does a half double. Uh, four grand that we didn't just dump out so he could buy a junker. Uh huh. Is worth three hundred and fifty thousand dollars tax free. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. My, I'm my heart's okay? fluttering. I oh no, I just had a lot of coffee. I'm good. <laughs> False alarm. False alarm. <laughs> Sorry, Diane. Uh, <laughs> oh, you could hear her. <laughs> you, could, you could hear the woohoo <laughs> from from twenty miles it's away. It's happening. <laughs> All my dreams. Of... Oh, what? Just coffee. If that is her real name, please let's be proper about this. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We have four and a half minutes left in this edition of More Than Money. If you call in the next ninety seconds, we think we can get you in. We'll uh, pay play that by oh, ear. Oh, we didn't get to the long email. We'll have to save that for next week. Uh, yes, we will. Okay. And, and I don't. Know I don't even know what it is. But... Who on our staff got it? But it's 
it's it's about annuities and how this woman was sold a bill of goods. Oh no! Yeah, sounds so. like it's right up my alley. It is right up your alley, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll get to that for sure. Hey, can I tell you a really quick uh, success story from this week about annuities? We love success stories. Um, I have a a, a client who brought. Uh huh. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Who has had an annuity for a long time, and didn't understand it. Shocker, right? How many people have annuities they don't understand? She's 71, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a non-qualified annuity. It's not an okay. IRA. Did not know that she has a guaranteed annual lifetime income. Oh, provider. my goodness. She didn't know. She's paying a fee within the annuity well, sure. for yeah. this ability to withdraw. Of course. About 3200 bucks a year for the rest of her life and has not used it yet because she didn't know. Oh. So when she became a client, yes. she asked us to take over as the representative on this annuity. Sure. So I made a phone call. I didn't sell her this annuity, so I don't know all of the bells mm-hmm. and whistles. So I asked some questions sure. just to make sure I understand everything about it. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down with her at our first quarterly review. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you know what this does for you? It does this. You can start getting this much money every year for the rest of your life. No matter what, this number can go down to zero. You're going to get this much every year, no matter what. And she's like, oh, <laughs> that, okay. <laughs> I'm like, when would you like it? She's like, well, maybe right before Christmas. Oh. She has grandchildren. She now has a oh. great granddaughter. And when you're living on a fixed income, an extra $3,200 a year. 3000 bucks. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that made me feel good that I was able to help her use something that's been sitting there. She didn't know what it, how it works, and it's just like a little gift. So that made me feel happy. Uh, it was it was really nice to be able to help her with that. So yeah, just wanted to share it because and, cool. and in so many cases, annuities that have been sold are dreadful. They're dreadful. Um, they're, they're, um, they are intended to do only one thing and that's to enrich the salesman. Um, and you have heard us tell uh, endless stories on air about, um, our anger, our angst, our agita with these salesmen and how we have to sadly rip people out of really dreadful scenarios. That's not always the end result. As Alyssa just described Sometimes the end result is don't leave your current annuity. Uh huh. So even though the salesman stunk up the place, didn't explain it well, or as we like to say, didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't. She didn't. Didn't explain it well. Um, and didn't service it at all. Otherwise, would have been calling every year, going. You want to take that income? How cool is this? Your income's going up and up and up. And you can't outlive it. It's like a pension, but you still get to keep all the cash value. Oh, my gosh, it's really cool. Do you want to take it now? Never did any of that stuff because probably out of the business because they stink. But the right thing in this case, other advisors might have gone, let's just surrender that. We'll put that someplace else. Um, Alyssa said, let's let's get, get it under control. Let's not surrender it. Let's figure out what it is. And what, what we figured out it is, is joyful. Yeah. Joyful. The other thing I did was changed the investments within this annuity because now it might actually have a chance of 
replenishing that income and actually growing. It's like stagnant because it's so conservative <sighs> that the fee is just taking away any possible gains. So it's just been flat. So, yeah, lots of good things can happen if you take the time to look at it and, you know, and, and you might have a, a nice surprise. So if you've got one of those and you have questions, come see us because I want you to have a nice surprise, too. <laughs> Speaking of nice surprises, it would be a lovely surprise if you would join us. And that's an easy thing for you to do. It is absolutely free. We invite you. There's no stress. There's no pressure. There's no cost for a second opinion meeting with one of our more than money advisors. It's by request. That's all that you have to do. You can certainly send me an email to request that gene, G E N E at askmtm.com. You can go on our website uh, to request that more than moneyonline.com. You can call the office anytime, 24 seven, leave a message after hours and we'll get back to you or uh, Monday through Friday, normal business hours. There's wonderful women there that will help you get on the schedule and uh, it's very easily done at 610-746-7007. We have wonderful success stories that we can share with you. More importantly, we want you to be one of our wonderful success stories where we can take you from wherever you find yourself to uh, a much more appropriate place for you. So, gosh, um, two hours went fast. Yeah, Tons did. of calls. Great calls. Thank you to all of you. Who, again. And emails. Thank you. Fantastic. Hopefully uh, you learned a lot and you want to return. So we'll be back here at Odark 30 next Saturday on another edition of More Than Money. <laughs>